Have you been the recipient of hate speech or intimidation from your podcast co-host? Do you feel that you are entitled to an apology and the promise that he will be nicer to you in the future? Do you feel you deserve financial compensation for the pain you've suffered? Call me, Nate. I'm not a lawyer, but I've been called one of the brightest legal minds of my or any generation. And I host a podcast. I studied sitcom law, however, I specialize in many different types of cases. Podcast beef, spousal poisoning, impossible apartment code violations, bad acting accusations, people claiming parties were on a break when the parties were clearly not on a break, dog girl freedom of speech cases, motorcycle accidents, and when it comes to opioid manufacturer lawsuits, I'm the best in the biz, baby. Do not trust any other lawyers that used to work for the DEA. Oh, the DEA, you heard of them? Well, I call them the Dumb Guy Employment Agency. Call me, Nate the Lawyer. (laughs) Call now, and I will get you restitution today. Call 555-B-I-G-L-A-W-B-O-Y. Call now. (laughs) Jerk. (laughs) Fuck you, jerk. Welcome to Friendsman, the only podcast in the history of the world to discuss the Friends show on an episode-on-episode basis. And also, we're best friends talking about friends to our friends. I'm JP, your regular host, and with me is my regular co-host, Nate. Nate, how are you doing? I'm doing good, JP, except for the fact that you called yourself a host and me the co-host. We're both co-hosts. You need to get that right. Write that down. No, you're I'm doing assist- good. assistant to the co-host. I uh, I fixed my uh, dishwasher today because that was leaking, and by fixed it I mean I put a pan under the spot where it's leaking. Still <laughs> fix it a little bit more. Um, I'm doing good, JP. How are you doing? You know, not bad. It's been a hectic couple of days. Uh, my uh, so Claire is in grad school and she has been hit with a beast of a paper. So like the last few days have been a lot of just kind of like trying to maintain the house and make sure nothing falls apart and the pets don't die while she's busting her fucking ass. Um, you got to do it. I'm trying to be supportive. And uh, also, you know, I'm a little bit of Mr. Mom these days with my uh, current state of not fully employed. So, you know, just doing some nice things around the house. I, I think that's admirable, JP. <laughs> And I think that you need to be doing that stuff even when you're employed, buddy. I, boy, I know it, but there's a lot, there's a lot on the plate. We, you know, we bought this house a couple months ago. We still got pieces of furniture I need to put together. So, like, hey, it, it, it could have come at a worse time, right? And leave them, uh, leave them like they are, JP, because you're moving to Las Vegas with me, and we're gonna, we're gonna start the Friendsman Studio. I love. We have this a guest idea. today. Chief. We do. We have a special guest. Oh yeah, who is it? It says here a child. It does say a child. Um, we're no. getting a no. We're getting a no. No. I'm Ladies and gentlemen, that. from the Rounding Down podcast and also from just goddamn Twitter fame, our friend and uh, friend of the show, Chid. Chid, welcome. welcome Hi. Chid. Wow. Wait, thank you for welcoming me. Thanks for having me. Chid, thank you for coming on. And thank you for having us on your show. We had a fucking great time. Um, I wish there was yeah, more was unsolved really mysteries for us to all to watch so we could uh, we could we could talk about more episodes of that. Although it sounds like based on our conversations with Sai, he's kind of doing an unsolved mysteries thing himself. So maybe we can get together and talk about Sai's episode. 
Wait, what? What are you talking about? Oh, nothing. We talked nothing. to spoilers, your boy spoilers, Sai. Spoilers. spoilers. Did, what? What do you mean? What did what we talked to Sai? He told did, us did everything. Sai, <laughs> did Did Sai come on the show? If Sai, Sai has been on the, on the show, he's gonna he's gonna what? be on the show. I, anyway, shit. How are you doing tonight? That, I, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I <don't know> <laughs> Chid, breathe. Breathe in and out. Did in what and did out. I say? What did I tell you guys? <laughs> Told us everything, buddy. It's over. Is he leaving me? Is he leaving me? Told us all about everything you've done and said. And <laughs> oh man, he took so many pictures of everything. He has screen grabs of everything. I just you're gonna need a good I, lawyer, so I don't advise me. I think that there's not a lot of screen grabs of the mean things I've said to Sai. Most of them are verbal only. They're all on Unless the podcast recording. as far as I can tell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. You don't need a screen grab of audio. <laughs> oh, man. Thanks Sai's for having me, guys. Guy. Yeah, he's cool. a great guy. He's So I think what you're alluding to is Sai is spinning off and starting his own true crime podcast. It'll be beginning, I think, soon. Um, and uh, I'm excited for him. That's the thing that when I started rounding down, he was not originally intended to be a weekly guest host or co-host <laughs> or what have you. Uh, and he was like, oh, that's cool. You're starting a podcast. Let me know how it goes. And then I can start my true crime podcast. And that was a year and two, three months ago. Um, and so he's gotten around to that finally, which is great. I'm very happy for him because he's a big true crime head. Now, I, I, when we talked to him, he you could tell that it's an obsession that it is like his lifestyle is true crime. So I think there's never it's, been a better person for it. But shit, I, it's true. So I was just listening to your one-year anniversary show. So congrats on that, first of all, a full year of doing Round and Down. Um, mm-hmm. I wanted to talk to you about it, though. Like, how, how did you come up with the, the concept? And, and, and I also want to know how Cy kind of slid into being your co-host. Yeah, so Rounding Down, I... Yeah, JP wants to know about that. Just, he wants to know how that happens. No, when I, when I do in. it next time, it's going to be even notes. better. Yeah, it's uh, I don't I don't think JP needs any uh, advice on how to slide into guest hosting a show, uh, as I recall from many episodes of Doom Boys featuring JP. But let me tell you this. Uh, basically, rounding down, I, I wanted to start a podcast like back in 2009. And at the time, I was like, uh, no one's going to want to listen to me. I don't have anything useful to say. And Same also <laughs> what makes me so important. And and uh, and so those were all of my hesitations. And then uh, like 11 years passed or I guess 10 years passed. And none of those hesitations went away, but, uh, you know, basically I went from having potentially an audience of thousands to having an audience of hundreds. And, uh, and so that was good. You know, I came into a much more diluted marketplace where no one will ever find me. Um, so that's my advice is if you <laughs> have a good idea for it. something, yeah. always wait like till a decade after the initial idea. Yeah, Don't I'm, do it right away. I'm, I'm in the similar vein. I'm thinking about going out and starting my own brewery because that market's not saturated. <laughs> That's yeah. Yeah. You gotta. So if you have a, if you want to start a brewery, now is the time to do it. If you want to start a blog, like uh, any sort of web blog about like a, a sports web blog or an entertainment web blog, start that now. You got to strike um, while the iron is almost, yeah, almost completely get my burned YouTube out. YouTube yeah. channel off the, uh, yeah. Get your YouTube channel going. If you have any interest in like starting a, uh, like a one 900 number that people can call in where you can like give your advice or like uh, film reviews or whatever. Those things uh, that existed in the early '90s start I'm that start now too. Blockbuster. Yeah, yeah. I think renting films out is a physical uh, medium. I just invented a Atari. You get into. What'd you say? I just invented Atari. So you know, <laughs> big money coming my way, baby. 
Excellent. Champion. Definitely. Definitely. definitely, definitely. <laughs> so, okay. So you've been doing it a year. I mean, how has the show changed over the course of the year? It's, uh, I think that it's similar to when it started. I, I would say that probably the biggest difference is that it now I, I used to do a lot more, um, planning for the show. I think what happens to any show when you have done it for a year is you do less planning. Uh, we do no less editing. I still edit a lot, which isn't to say like I cut out stuff that I say or, uh, cut out stuff that is questionable because that's not really my vibe, but there's still a lot of things that have to be cleaned up and stuff just for to make it not a horrific listening experience. I know what you mean. JP says so many things that I have to cut out. I, I look, I'm a, I'm a fucking, uh, I'm a wild card. You don't know what I'm going to say. Baba Booey, uh, Baba Booey. There you go. Yeah. You got to cut that out. You can't have, you can't, you can't say Baba Booey on the podcast. <laughs> Sai made a joke about how he was like, uh, he was doing some, some test runs or something for his podcast. And he was like, Shit, I never he made a tweet. I don't know why he made this public. He could have just texted me this. But he was like, Shit, I, I really appreciate how you make my mouth sounds all disappear when you edit our show. And I was like, Yeah, I I do. I do that every week. And I never I never made him feel bad about that. Here's the thing. Oh I, I think I get painted as a real bully and a cretin on that no, show. No, no, Chid, no, okay. No, yeah, because I was no. just listening but, and he was like, Well, anytime I burp on the show, Chid gives me a hard time, so I'm just muting myself every time. <laughs> well, like yeah. Chid, Chid. <laughs> Let me explain the position that you're in, okay? Because sometimes I give JP a little bit of a hard time, too. You guys are best friends, though. We are best friends. We are best friends. We give as good as we get, but every once in a while, I'm like, JP, the fucking vape noise or whatever. Like, what are you, is there a a vape in your microphone, JP? This guy's Darth Vapor over here. Yeah, Darth Vapor. And then he tells me, well, Nate, your friggin' ice sounds are all over the podcast. I'm oh, like, yeah, there, was a, there the was a little run. There was a little run where it was like 150 degrees in Nate's neighborhood and he's stuck in the garage because Nikki doesn't want to deal with his ass. And so he's just constantly chewing on and shaking drinks with ice. And, and I'll tell you what, JP, it's good podcast. Boys, the Doom Boys crossover episode. For whatever reason, I was somewhere else. I was using a barbecue lighter to smoke weed in the. <laughs> The clicking, the clicking, the clicking was like it was like popping my eardrums when I was editing it, and I was so afraid I was going to miss one and like hurt somebody. The, I I think all those ambient sounds are what make podcasting great. That was one of the things I really loved about Bobby Hart Picture Show. Is oh, I didn't know what the sound was, agree. but there was always just a little <laughs> sound. Same, same thing with early Dune Boys. Same thing with early Dune Boys. You could just hear Dickie smoking like every thirty seconds, just lighting a bowl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I didn't know what it was. I was like, that can't be the sound of someone lighting I have something. A, I have or a new type of something. lighter. I have a new type of lighter. I'm gonna turn my levels down. <laughs> oh Jesus, Nate! Wow, we have one of those. Wow, that's we a use torch. it for creme brulee. Yeah, yeah, you can use it for creme brulee. You can use it for creme brew anything. Uh, I use I, some people for... use it for creme creme brulee. I use it for creme brew standing up and fucking. <laughs> Uh, I just want to be clear guys, that JP's laughing at that, but he covered his <laughs> mouth for some reason. Because because it was the type of joke I love. It's it's dad adjacent humor. That is a good good pun. That was a good pun. And both of you are dads, so like I'm really outclassed here. Chid, Chid's a little bit more of a dad than me. It's true. I'm a double dad. Two, a double two dad. times a dad right now. Nate's about and, to double uh, dad too, though. Yeah. He's he's leveling up. And as soon as you know, we've both had sex two times. It's obvious. Oh, Everyone dude, I cannot know. wait. I cannot wait to try it out. I'm, I'm so least, excited for you, JP. It's going to be fun, yeah. right? I mean, maybe. Who knows? That's the thing is uh, I, I personally am disgusted by there being proof of me having sex in the world. <laughs> As someone who's never been horny online, 
I I just assume when people ask if they're my kids, I say no. I don't know who these kids are. I don't. I, they're just with me. I don't I know. Follow me around. You know. Yeah, and I and that's because I don't want anyone to know. I don't want anyone to know about my business. Yeah, and my business and my business. No, but your business is your business. Now I will say, I, given like kind of the we we run in similar circles online, um, we might be the three least horny members of our Twitter community. No, I'm getting faces. I'm getting faces from both of you. I'm, I, I, I'm, I, I try I'm not to be horny drinking. on Maine, but I exactly I mean, we try not yeah, to be horny. And, I, and I want to be clear. My skepticism was not for myself; it was more for Nate. I know that Nate's just being polite. <laughs> okay, you're right. You're right. You're right. I dig it back. Horny. Let me put it this way, JP. I'm all talk. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm I'm a I'm a missionary type guy where like I don't do anything. I don't do anything crazy. So you like, like you're like going into the jungle and like you know, teaching the word of Jesus Christ or shut the fuck up JP. But yes, I do do that. Um, I'm all talk. I'm all talk, but I do think that like joking about sex stuff is pretty funny. I mean, yes, but then also it leads to now we have two sleeves online. So that's, that's a lot of, that's a lot of horn on me. Yeah. What's going on with that? Who's, who's the other sleeves? No, I, I don't know. And every time I think it's Franklin, it's sleeves. And every time I think it's sleeves, it's Franklin's. So I just don't fucking know anymore. They're all just Jeff. Feeds <laughs> back to my theory that there's really only one person who is the entire bug cult and they just have 73 all, but that's a mm, full-time mm, job mm. right there. Or you're yeah. just wandering through the woods with a rock as a phone. Who knows? Oh man, that would make things make a lot more sense. A lot more sense. Mm, all right. Mm. So Chid, I, I want to thank you for being on our show because what we're learning from all of our guests is, Oh, Jesus Christ. I had to watch friends to be on this show. Um, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. why don't we start with this? What is your experience with the friend show? What's your personal relationship with friends? That's a great question. Thank you for asking it. Uh, friends is a show that I watched during its original run when I, I think friends started, what year did friends start? 1994. 94. Okay. So, 9495 and <clears throat> see I just perplex I uh 9495 is uh is would have been when I was in f- fourth grade and I remember friends really breaking big when I was in fifth grade um and so that was when uh I uh got really into it I, everyone was really into it when I was in fifth grade which is bizarre in my public elementary school and uh and I watched it every week it was like a show that I reliably watched every week it was a show that uh I was a very prudish little boy like the word horny made me uncomfortable when I was a little kid that's right um, you should yeah and that's I think that's because uh I mean when you grow up with like yeah I don't want to blame it on Catholicism necessarily but I think that's fair I think part of it is Catholicism but I think part of it is also like my mom is a very uh she, like she would just be like she was so uncomfortable with anything sexual in sure. any way shape or form so uh I had a, a huge amount of shame and uh like I was just like afraid of watching anything that had any adult content or whatever so basically I would watch friends but like it would make if if my parents happened to walk into the room I would be deeply uncomfortable oh man uh, yeah. yeah so yeah, that yeah. that was my friends watching really experience well. Yeah, as as I was a as I was 11, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, I probably watched it every week up until I was about I'm going to guess 14, 15. Okay. But I probably I probably watched the first 5 or 6 seasons reliably every week and then I think I I slowed down a little bit. Uh and then when I got to college, I believe it ended the year, my freshman year of college, and I there were some a couple of girls who I uh, was friends with and i would go and watch every week with them monica, the first semester rachel, phoebe. monica rachel phoebe <laughs> ursula uh Nurse. and 
Yeah. And so uh, Mindy and I would go to it's their weird. dorm. I never, I never put the two, to, the two together. My friends had the same name. <laughs> I would go to their dorm and, and watch friends with them. And, um, you know, and so I watched some of that last season as well. Uh, but that that was the thing that lasted, you know, first. Well, I don't know. This is maybe not a universal thing, but I think for anyone who's who's been to a four year college or university where they lived on campus, uh, the first semester of your freshman year, you're hanging out with all sorts of people you'll never hang out with again. Yes, it's very funny. Yes. Um, so anyway, so that was that situation. Um, now, I, I guess just as a quick follow up and related question to given our our, our podcast history here. During those formative years when you were first watching Friends, did you ever, in an attempt to flirt with a woman or man, uh, say, how you doing? No. Okay. No. Okay. So, I, Nate, I you're still have. the only one. Mm, yeah, I never said good. that I did that, JP. Yes, you did. And then you said <laughs> no, that the young woman that no, you did no, it to no, would even no. know if, if she even heard the no, podcast. No, no. She'd remember that you did that. And you're, yeah. you're twisting my words. I don't think so. <laughs> I said, let's check the tape. Hold on. Hold on. Pause for a second. Going to check the tape. And we're back. Wow. That's exactly what he said. Wow. 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 As discussed before, JP, I've listened to every episode three or four times more than you. So I'm pretty (laughs) sure about what I said. Okay. I just got a, he just said, I got from Claire who's writing a paper who took a moment to say he did say that. I did not like what I said was, Mm -hmm. Me and this girl mm-hmm. talked about friends a lot. Okay. And I, I know that I flirted with her. You're going to check. And I'm page. sure that at some point I referenced fl- friends sarcastically <laughs> while legitimately flirting with her. All I'm saying is that I've never gone up to a woman in a bar and said, How you doing? Well, no, earnestly. No, one's, no one's saying that. You were in middle school at Time. It would have been extra creepy if you went up to a woman in a bar when you were 13 I went to bars old. all the time in a middle school. Yeah, I don't think that would be extra creepy. I think it would be extra adorable, personally. Oh, it's also a, a it's child like, who was in a lot of bars when I was well below 20. Oh, it's like Friendsman Babies. We're going to have like a you, huge spinoff. Is this how you work as a lawyer, JP? You just shift the conversation to some <laughs> weird part of what your opponent just said? Does that work in court? Honestly, yeah, that's exactly what you do as a lawyer. You 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 latch onto the words that they said, and then you take those words and you turn it into what you want people to believe that that person said. That's disgusting. Yeah, it is. It's a gross fucking uh, mm-hmm. profession. Mm-hmm. That's but I'm, I, mm-hmm. unfortunately I'm good at it. You sicken me. <laughs> so, Chid, you're a fan. You're a fan. Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, I I was a fan. I it's a show yeah. that I never I never saw the last the full last season. Oh, I never saw the finale. It. Oh. Uh, I like I signed up for HBO Max, whatever the fuck it's called. They sponsor our podcast. HBO Max. This this episode is brought to you by HBO Max. HBO Max. Um, they, there's like a, some DC shows and they're good. And also Friends. HBO Max. Pay for. That's good. Yeah, I wish it was called HBO Von Sido, but uh, HBO Max <laughs> is fine. So. Um, I, I watched this episode there and I'll, I'll watch the, I've been thinking that I should watch the series finale about probably six years ago. Uh, for whatever reason, I, my wife and I decided to, uh, watch friends when it was on Netflix. Uh, and we watched probably the first three or four seasons. That's the thing though. It was all stuff that I'd seen before. I probably, right. I, like I said, I probably fell out in season five or six. And I do think that the show was, uh, it had a real peak. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if this is true for friends heads, but 
You know, when people are fans of The Simpsons, they're like, yeah, seasons one through nine. It's pretty well accepted that it's seasons pretty one through nine. I would like, say two through nine. People, At that first season, yeah, two through nine, sure. <laughs> it's a little different, but it's a, it's a short season anyway. Fair but yes, more. you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know if this is true of Friends or I'm not on Friends message boards, but my my conjecture would be that Friends is a show that probably people like one through five or one through six. Is that true or false? You know, I have to first say, I don't think either of us would call ourselves really Friends heads. <laughs> well, I mod, I mod the Friends message boards, JP, so I, I, I would know this. I, um, I would agree with you on that. And, and, and also, I think I think people don't talk about Friends that way. Yeah, I, I think that they they refer to it as a good show, just wholly that probably fell off towards the end, slightly just in some ways. But I think people liked the finale and like felt like it delivered in some sort of closure sense. I don't know. I don't know. Is that because Friends fans are like basic people? Yes, is that, yes. Is that it? Is, yes. it, is it because it's like they're the most basic of people? And and. They have society behind them saying that, like, oh, yes, this is the best show that's ever yeah, been yeah. produced. So they, they yeah. don't feel any need to critique it any further. And what I wanted to say is that, like, I, I have no idea going back and watching, like, what the best season is anymore. It's just mm. all so, like, trying to critique it for a podcast and everything. It's just all so confusing. I, I, I completely agree with that. And also, I think that. Even like because I, Chad, I'm in the same boat as you. I I really only watched it when it was airing the first time. It was just like you, everybody. It was an event. Like, I had to watch it so you could talk about yeah. it. And and then um, I've never really rewatched it until now. But there there are just hints of things or lines get delivered, and you're like, oh Jesus fucking Christ, that's part of our like zeitgeist. Like like, like the general basic population all know the I don't know the some inside joke the, here nate the, come good deep the, reference here my friends uh, the flipping off with the fist oh yeah the that one hand yes. banging yeah, yeah the, the hand fuck gesture. you yeah, I, they yeah. we were on a break yeah on a break I, it just it, it permeated everything and so i don't yeah it's like there aren't deep references but there are people who think that they're making a deep reference when they say like we were on a break and like that, that's not, i also think that like within like comedy communities as a whole nobody's talking about like how good friends is because yeah it's just not it's not cool there's not there's not a lot of jokes on friends that's the thing that i realized like watching it six years ago when i went back to it because i had other than catching an, a stray episode here or there in syndication you know the decade prior to that uh when my wife and i went back to it, it i was like oh there's like no jokes on this show like there's like there's a few things that make you chuckle per episode typically and sometimes there'll be like a joke like sometimes chandler will get a joke um like it's like a joke joke right. and sometimes joey will get a like a, a dumb guy joke which can those can be funny as well but there's very few like joke jokes on the show sure. uh where like you know the standard for joke writing in sitcoms i mean the like the 30 rock thing is three jokes a page basically um this show has like i mean yeah it's three jokes an episode yeah four jokes an episode slower than modern day television like, yeah but not even it's, it was slower than television was at that point too because this, this show was contemporaneous with seinfeld like yeah sure. started probably the, the third to final season of seinfeld yeah. i want to say and they were back to back on nbc mm -hmm. and um seinfeld was a show that was like very joke laden where I, they had probably three jokes a page Especially on that at show. that point yeah yeah so I, I don't know it, it's it's not like it 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 just is a show that's a pure situational comedy where you're the humor is situational and you're laughing at 
There's a lot of physical comedy in it. I, as you guys have talked about in previous episodes, performances where you, are funny. You can right? watch it, yeah. Like you can watch it with the sound off, and the, you'll essentially get the jokes. I, and yeah, you, know, you guys have said that. Before. I mean, they even they even made that joke in one episode recently, where the 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 ending, the credit scene was delivered all in Spanish, and I don't speak much Spanish, and I think Nate speaks negative Spanish, but it was like. We still got what they were going for because of the wild gesticulations or the delivery mm. of the line in Spanish, which kind of says something about the show that like, yeah, no, it's not that it's like smart. It's that these people are clowning around on the screen in a way that we can relate to. Yeah, it's like vaudevillian. Yes, almost. yes, exactly. I think Nate actually said that. at the beginning. I hate to. I have said that. I hate to disagree with you, Chid, but our cold open is very joke heavy. All right, I uh, Mr. Peanut versus Mr. Salty. Who the fuck? Okay, this is my first question. Is okay. Mr. Salty? Okay, wait, Nate. We got to do the break before we we have to let Chris do the transition music. Come on now, calm, calm. We don't have to stop anything, Jim. All right, I, I still I wanted to, I Salty? had one more question for Chid, which was Chid. I want to know how you and Sai met each other and became friends. Oh, that's a good question. Uh, and I, uh, I keep saying that's a good question, but that's, uh, I, I, we don't, we, I don't think we've talked about that on the show ever, um, on our show. So I known Sai for, I met him in t- 2007, I want to say. And I met him, uh, after I graduated college, I lived with, uh, an apartment with, uh, four of my friends. So there were five of us, Friendship. not quite six, Almost of us, six, but there were five of us. Yeah. And there were a couple boyfriends around a lot. So it was basically like, you know, like a friend sort of setup. And it was an apartment that cost a lot of money. It was in the city of uh, of Brighton, uh, Massachusetts, which is in Boston. It's it's a it's a Russian enclave of Boston. It's where um, we're like where BC is sort of. Uh, and um, we were there and we had a lot of parties and there were always people around and we had lots of people around and everything. And my one of my roommates, uh, a gentleman cool. named. Yeah, that sounds fun super as fuck, cool. man. It was really fun. I had so much money all the time. Nope, just kidding. I had no fucking <laughs> Dude, money ever. Dude, I remember ever. 22 to 25. It was like living paycheck to paycheck and spending it truly, all on dumb alcohol. So at this point, I had, I, I, uh, here's how, I had a job where, I'm not going to reveal how much I was making because that will vary. It'll, it'll sound bad or good or whatever, depending on where you are in the country. But I had a job where I was making a decent amount, more than a lot of my friends, like 10 grand more than my wife was making on her first job out of college. And um, we... I literally I had overdraft protection on my bank account and uh, the overdraft protection worked in such a way where if you paid it back within two weeks, you didn't have to pay interest or whatever. And literally I would overdraft every fucking week or every week I was overdrafting because that's how little money I was making compared to like what our expenses were. Yeah. Yeah, It was was, fucking sucks. uh, Just ridiculous. So um, anyway, so my roommate, Brian, great guy. He was my roommate in college for a couple of years. And he one time we had a party and he invited some friends over. Sai was one of the friends. I found Sai to be very obnoxious and uh, I did not <laughs> super care for him at all. I thought he was a real dickhead. Oh, and um, but he like a like a just like a shitty fungus. He just kept growing on me. Oh. And I liked him more and more. More the time went by. Yes. No, he was he's a great dude. But he was I he was very abrasive at that point. He was a much more abrasive person than I am. Sai. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yes, I yeah. That's figure. crazy. Uh, imagine him being twenty times more abrasive than he is now. Uh, so <laughs> like, uh, he was very like, uh, just uh, very in your face. Like, I don't know you, so fuck you. I'm gonna be an asshole. That was like his whole vibe. And uh, 
and but he was he's a good dude and so we we after i'd met him a few times we hit it off and uh he got into like one of my fantasy football leagues and we were just buddies and he was always around and um so yeah it was good it was he's a he's a good dude and uh and i've known him for a long time since then we've worked together since then at various things and um and so that's kind of how we came to know each other and and became friends Boy, he had way nastier things to say about you. When yeah, we asked no, him that there was question. there was a lot of shit that he said about you. So, woof. I'm sure I'm sure he didn't woof. say anything nasty about me because he's very kind. He's like he's one of the nicest dudes. That's I the know, thing. He's so nice. <laughs> yeah. He's such a sweet guy. But he he like I think some of that is just immaturity. And when you're young, people you know people act different ways. But like when he he was very much the kind of person where uh, when he like I think when he was like uncomfortable or felt like he like had to like. I think he just had a little bit of like, uh, so he grew up not far. I grew up in Rhode Island. He grew up not far from Rhode Island. He grew up like one town over from Rhode Island and Rhode Islanders have this thing where they're like, Oh, you're judging me. Well, I'm judging you. Fuck you. That's how Rhode Islanders act to everybody. And he had a little bit of that in him. And that was just, that was just the way he rolled, which made sense. I think that's also why I was so comfortable with him pretty quickly. That's awesome. That's awesome. And then you guys fell into doing a podcast together. Yeah, we're I mean, he's the best, man. He's like really the sweetest guy and uh very nice. And I'm so glad that we're we're buddies and he um I was very very honored to be at his very very small wedding and um yeah, he's a great dude. He's like Sasai and Mrs. Sai. Super cool dude. Yeah, yeah. No, that, I I jokes aside, Nate and I have been for the past couple of episodes doing like sparring at each other, but I'm just very lucky to have met this guy. And I know that feeling of just like it's just the universe is weird and you just get to have somebody be your friend for the rest of your life and, and be a part of the Nate, you're making squint faces. I don't, that's not really the reaction. Doing, I was, KP? What are you doing? right? <laughs> oh, I'm now? sorry. Breaking kayfabe. Anyway, Nate's a dick. Yeah. That's what I want. <laughs> Nate, you know, you can't stop the nice train from me. Nate, if you know negative Spanish, as JP said, if you guys are going to move to Las Vegas together, you got to learn a little bit of Spanish because you know, negative Spanish is not going to get you very far in that city. I've been living in Los Angeles for 10 plus years without knowing I don't know why Spanish. he's saying you know negative Spanish, though. That's like the, <laughs> the kind of person who lives in Los Angeles and knows negative Spanish is the kind of person who uh, goes out of their way to be racist. Yeah, exactly. Look, I didn't say that. That's if fair. it was implied, if you inferred it, that. that's fine. But I did not say that. that. I think that he said that. I heard Nate, it. Let's, Nate, 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 can I talk to you aside for a yeah, second? Okay, guys, let me step out for a second. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, Hold yeah, on. Yeah, let yeah. Me just... Nate, let's turn around his words on him. So he said that he yeah. mentioned Spanish. Let's Same just, page, just dude. Twist it yeah. and turn around. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, JP, you can come back. Yeah, we're done. Come back in. We're done. Come back in. Yeah, okay. It's raining out here. I'm going to stand out here. Come in. I don't, you can. Oh my god! It's just like JP to do this, just to stand outside. Hey guys, I'm back. What's going on? We were just saying, uh, you know how you said that Nate knows negative Spanish. Yeah, you remember yeah. how you said yeah. that. Yeah, that joke were that you, I made. Were, it was funny. It was like you, a punchline were you, for for a joke. Were you implying that he is a proud boy? Were you implying that he's a? Um, I, I, look, I I would I would I would say Nate is a person who has a lot of confidence in himself. He's very proud of his accomplishments. And also, he's a man. I wouldn't say he's a boy. I'd say he's a proud man. Nate, wait, Nate, let's step aside for one second. JP, just stay right there. Okay, cool. yeah, this is not going the way I thought it was going to go. We should, we should it sounds yeah, like he might yeah, be actually like joining up with the proud boy. Like He's pretty I, I don't know what he's doing. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I think unemployment is making him weird. Yeah, we should weird really, let's back away. Let's back, back off. Away. Okay.
Oh, hey, guys, you're back. Listen, I wanted to talk to you about an all-meat diet, and I've been hearing really good <laughs> things about it. Really good. No, Nate's, Nate's given a no on that. Anyway, have you ever thought about keto? sexy pictures of your own daughter? Because you know, no. no, 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 we're not, no, we're not going Jordan Peterson. No. We're not going Jordan Peterson. I thought we were going Jordan Peterson. Boy, no. I hope everyone in Portland is okay. That seems fucking scary. Yeah, that's bad. That's bad stuff. You guys, also, let's not you, talk about sexy pictures of our own daughter because we both have daughters ever. that are very little, and that's creepy. Okay, as you're hell. never, you're uh, never going to make it as Jordan Peterson if you don't talk about sexy pictures of your own daughter. So. <laughs> Also, the, the the president of these United States. So, you know, who's really in the wrong? I guess you guys want to be losers. Amen. Amen. JP, mm-hmm. answer my question. Who is Mr. Salty? Okay. So, let's <laughs> get into the episode. Let's get into the episode and then the He's music. He's a man, and, JP. Dressed like a sailor. And then Chris White does the theme music. And Chris work. Okay. Okay. We're JP, here to he's talk a about. Pretzel man. We're here to talk about episode 20. Of the friend show. Chid, do you know the name of the episode? The one with the evil or orthodontist. That is, is that the true? name, yes. And we open up with our friends having a bit of a sparring match um over Mr. Peanut and uh Mr. Salty. Now, did either of you know who Mr. Salty was? No. Nate, no. Wait, no, wait, hang on, hang on, hang on. I did know a rapper by the name of Mr. Salty <laughs> uh, around 2007, 2008. I'm not joking. Dude. Do you think was this, in, that's who they were referencing? I would hope so. So he was a rapper who was a like comedy rapper who would rap about being like a corporate hack. So like he had a song that was like, <laughs> oh, that's funny. That, that was like, when I say, hey, you say spreadsheets. It's like that sort of thing. Um, and he was a comedy rapper in the in the like Philly and greater Boston area, uh, northeast in the early two, early late 2000s. OK, well, he's definitely probably need to look him up. taking his name from this Nabisco mascot who's a sailor. Yes. is also a man named, made of pretzels. Yes. OK, yep. so we all looked him up. So we had no fucking clue. None of us knew what the fuck they were talking. And right? I don't know. Fuck um, Mr. Salty. Fuck I, Mr. Peanut, too. Well, okay, we'll we'll get into that. I I I was more like they were all like really angrily arguing about this, and I'm just I was so confused. Like, who fucking cares? Now that may be because Actually, I fucking newly hate Mr. Peanut because of this whole fucking ad campaign. That everybody hates Mr. Peanut. Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. Um is th- is it during this scene or is it in a future scene where they call Miss they say Mr. Peanut is gay? That's later on. That's at the and, end. Yeah. But, okay. but no, end. that was I also was like. Very taken aback by that because one, do you guys think Mr. Peanut is gay? No, I don't know why you would assume that. I, is that because he has he dresses fancy? That was my fucking monocle, and you think that like that's somehow fancy lad makes him gay? This show is problematic when it comes to uh, 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 these sorts of LGBTQ uh, issues. Um, sophomore, they are sophomoric about it. That's true. Now. I want to follow up. Do you think that baby Mr. Peanut is gay? I mean, I don't think it matters, JP. Uh, yeah, that's I don't the right think babies have sexual orientation. Yeah, probably. that's, I'm that's gonna go the out on right a question, say, JP. That's the right answer. I, I yeah. All right. Well, he's a teenager now, so he's up drinking, exploring, whatever he's going to be. So, I, Mr. Peanut, best wishes to you on your journey. We love you no matter what, except we hate you. So we're dealing with a lot of problematic. <laughs> masculinity in this episode this is a bad episode for every male character who appears on screen Taylor, every single one of them 
met a girl yeah. who he really likes, mm-hmm. and he's ghosting her for a couple of days as a power move. Yes. But then it turns into a weakness move because yeah. he's Chandler. Because he's Chandler. It was very apropos of Chandler. I will say that. It was, it, 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 this is one of those defining, like, they had this storyline, and that's just the way the character is moving forward, that he's squirrely and anxious and then a little bit fucking obnoxious in his ending. We got some phone comedy, some 1990s phone comedy. That's really mm, fun. Mm, mm. Did you guys? Did yeah, I you, mean, do you guys remember landlines? I mean, you guys are in your thirties, so I'm sure you had landlines. No, Nate, yeah. really? Kind of like when I was in grade school. Yeah, I. I mean, my first girlfriend, I didn't have a cell phone for, so we would call each other on landlines. Yeah. when I was. I the, 15, the, the advent of the uh the, the cordless phone was just like world changing. Like like because you used to have to sit by where the phone was, or else you got a like 30 foot uh, uh, phone cord. So you could like walk around the house with the thing in your hand. Mm, mm, mm. And you um, obviously remember when the phone was invented, right, JP? My memory's not as good as it used to be, but it was definitely, uh, year was, well, it was yeah. uh, hundreds of years. Operator seven, one, five, two, please. Klondike five. <laughs> Hello, operator. I'm going to call me. Please JP, call my friend. You're old as crap. I, I have a story about corded phones real quick. <laughs> uh, so I worked selling, I worked for a store uh, that had wireless in its title. It was, we'll just call it uh wizard wireless. Okay. We'll call it. Okay. And it was a, a cell phone sales store where I sold, it was a authorized retailer of a certain phone company. And so I worked uh, there. I started as like a file clerk and then I was like a costume character and in marketing. And then I was I like flyer people's windshields. And then I became a phone salesperson. This is when I was like 17. Anyway, summer I'm 17 some old man comes in, and this is the year 2000, must have been 2001, and an old man comes in and he says, uh, he's like, hey, I need a detangler for my phone. And I was like, <laughs> the, the word wireless is in the name of this building. And he's like, where's my, I need a detangler. Do you have any new, or a new cord for my phone? And I was like, this is a wireless phone store, it sir. It's phone we, store. Oh my we, God. We not only do not sell accessories for corded phones, we also don't sell those here. Uh, <laughs> And I, I felt truly bad for him because he was just a crazy old guy. JP, uh, do you remember the yeah. phone detanglers? What a time to I, be alive. I actually don't know what a phone detangler is, but it was always a pet peeve of mine when people would let the cord on their from the receiver to the base, let it get like permanently reversed in Twisted. some sections. And I just like I would sit there for hours unwinding it to try to get it correct. Because mm, there's something mm, wrong mm. with me. There's nothing wrong with you, JP. Yeah, well. All right. So, 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 okay. Then Rachel then is phone, Then the phone stuff Barry. really just doesn't land with you guys. Uh, no, I, I think the phone, I, it, it all makes, I wrote down a note about the phone stuff, which is that uh, this is a situation that would never, like now that it would be people texting each other, obviously, sure, yeah. like you would never call someone after a date. Truly, if someone who's like 19 was like, Oh, I wanted a great date. I I gotta call her and make another date. The woman who answered the phone would be like, "You're in." Is, is my mom dead? Why answer. are you calling me? I think she just wouldn't answer and then wouldn't ever talk <laughs> to him again. Right? That's what I do. No, I, I I don't I I don't know if you guys have seen the movie, but this is kind of sort of a precursor to the answering machine joke in Swingers, which is maybe the only part of that movie that still stands as funny. Have you guys seen the movie? John Favreau. I've seen and, it. I just not feel like it's long time. I've yeah. seen it, JP, but I feel like it's before this episode of Friends. I feel like Swingers was first. Swingers was ninety seven or ninety eight. Really? Was that yeah. late? I thought 
I thought it was earlier because nope. I know that that kind of started the. Uh, yeah, you're, you might be. You maybe right. It was, right. It was right before I went to college because we we, we watched swingers all the time. 1996. Okay, 96. It's still before this, yeah. but it, it, I think it's a precursor. I'm sorry. No, so so this is still. Right. I'm sorry. Yeah. So this is yeah. before that. I think it's a precursor to the joke in that, which is um, the dude who has been striking out and miserable and depressed, and he finally meets a lady at a party, hits it off, and then there's this agonizing scene where he keeps calling and leaving messages for her one after another um, after their date. Yeah. And it's it's so brutal. I, I highly recommend you see it. It's the I think it's the only part of that movie that still stands up. But it was it was basically the situation that that Chandler's in here where it's like the, the, the confusion of what's going on and trying to 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 have the upper hand. Um, he was a I thought that his um I thought that his uh well that's the punchline to the joke, JP. Oh well thanks Is for that... spoiling it. Well well I I mean I'm just trying to say there's a reason for his dickishness is that it it, it he spends all the entire episode striving towards something and then once he gets it he doesn't want it because that is the way of man. Um what was I gonna say? Uh you like my Team Rocket shirt? I can't see your shirt, JP. Team Rocket. That's a good shirt. That's a good shirt. Thank you. Mm, 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 mm. Um, <laughs> Speaking so, of JP in Texas, mm. that first scene, Rachel's hair, the size of Texas. No. <laughs> got, the, the Rachel hair is fucking huge. It, it's actually, so I watched closely and I was like, her hair was not always that big. No, and it wasn't. Because no, even lot, during yeah. this episode, it gets smaller right, as the episode no, goes was on. it was so fucking huge. You're absolutely right. That is some Texas mom hair going on here. In this yeah. See, yeah. kid, gonna, and Joey's got that we're gonna get along got a this. thick white cable knit in that first ep- uh, first scene as well. Okay. Like the, okay. the cable knit is, is thick. T-shirt? Ross is yet again wearing the most oversized possible button down. Of course. Uh, or I'm sorry, <laughs> button up. Uh, on top of another long sleeve shirt. And I keep saying that they just look like they're wearing fucking circus tents. And every, everyone on this show and Nate are like, no, it looks good. It looks good. It looks I like it. terrible. He's wearing a no. fucking circus tent. You can look good wearing oversized clothes. It's possible. Mm, 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 strong. Like strong. my favorite Pedro the Lion song goes with a great big sign that says oversized clothes. There's a good really uh, Chandler joke, Chid, where, you know, they're spying on Rachel when she comes back from seeing Barry and she comes inside and they want to make it look like they're not talking about her. And he goes and Chandler shouts. And that's how, and a, bill that's how a bill becomes a law. There we yeah. go. Ah. That yeah, that was funny. one of the jokes. Joke. That was a joke. Well, okay, no. Yeah, I, so, so, so they're 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 there, and then they, uh, so they're talking about. Uh, we have this cold open. We move past that. Now they're in the apartment, and they realize that someone's peeping on them with a telescope. See the telescope guy. Yeah. Now, did you guys ever do this? Legit. Did you ever use a telescope? Peep on someone with a telescope? Yeah. No. I've never had a telescope. Yeah, it's kind of standard practice. If you're in like a, a high rise building, you just like uh, have binoculars and you just kind of look and other people look at you and it's like weird. You need big curtains. Mm. <laughs> I've never done that and I've never had a telescope. As my bio says on Twitter, I hate bio and all other sciences. I'm not interested in astronomy. So I, I will never look at a telescope. Telescopes Fuck make me telescopes. want to vomit, frankly. Yeah. Fuck them. Yeah, okay, we're coming out strong here, friendsmen. Anti telescopes. Mm-hmm. It, it does. It does seem inherently creepy, though. That like, why? Why are you looking? At, what is in your brain that you're like? I have a telescope. Time to spy. 
Well, it's, it's it's a great place for a telescope if you can like see over buildings and stuff, and then just like human curiosity, you're just like, well, I wonder what's going on in all these other buildings. The thing that's wild about that plot line is that plot line. So the thing about writing is everyone. Well, I'm not going to assume that everyone knows this, but most most sitcoms have like three plots, right? So one of the plots in this is the is the peeper lady, and the, the twist is it's a woman it's like who's peeping on plot. them. Right, so that, instead of it being creepy, story, suddenly right? it becomes hot. Yeah, one of yeah. the four so, times Joey's canceled in this episode. Joey's yeah. okay. So, so Joey, we agree. Joey's canceled. It's not just Joey. It's not just Joey though, because literally the woman says to like Monica, "Oh, you looked beautiful in that green dress," and Monica's like, "Oh, thanks." Yeah, yep. Okay. So, so Monica was canceled. My point is that plot resolves with them all being fine with being sexually exploited and harassed yeah. because like as long as they feel complimented that's the problem is they it like somehow alleviated it because it was a woman and they didn't play that for jokes they played that as a look paradigm shift now it's good it's yeah it's just it's, fucking creepy guys when joey's on the phone with her does he answer he, he says he calls her and I think he says mostly threesomes. Is that true? Is that what he says? I, I, I didn't catch that? that, but I, you know what? I'm no, he says something else. It's not mostly threesomes. I, I'm going I with he said, on this. Mostly he said mostly threesomes. threesomes. Definitely said mostly threesomes. What did she ask? <laughs> what did she ask him? They don't. Well, you only hear his side of the conversation, but I think that I it's think not, he says it's, mostly she's threesomes. She's not asking him anything sexual. It's, it's, it's about like, oh, he says mostly free weights. Oh, he oh, did say that. He did weights. say that. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. That makes more okay. sense than mostly threesomes. I was like, what? And and I think that this does, I'm not excusing this in any way, because uh, I caught I me off guard too, but I think this is where comedy was at at this time in the 90s, oh, is absolutely. that we were all making jokes about like the, the, te- the hot teachers that sleep with their students and everything. And everyone was like, mm. boy, I wish I was that kid or yeah. whatever. And yeah, yeah, yeah. We hadn't yet gotten to the point where as a society, we had corrected ourselves on that yet. And yeah, it's very, it's very strange ending to the episode. Yeah. Yeah. All it's right. not, it's not great. That's as your C story to end it that and way. JP, it's got, yeah. One of the things that we haven't talked about yet is that Rachel's having trouble getting over her ex fiance. I mean, Mary. that's, that's the main storyline of this one. That's the a plot. And yeah. Um, I'm just going to come, so I'm going to start out she's of the going gate saying, to see Barry and super Rachel, fucking problematic, super fucking problematic storyline. Rachel is uh, canceled for Rachel super having canceled. sex in a sterilized medical environment. Um, she was, yes. Also, she's canceled for sleeping with a man who is engaged. And even if you were to take out the, that's her ex fiance and sure. that's her best friend who we learned was sleeping with him before I'm going to give her a pass on sleeping with him. Nope. Because from what we learn in the episode, we learn that Barry is, is the psychopath that is manipulating both of the, like he is doing this on purpose. Yeah. That's, a, like, that's, that's a misogynistic justification for like, no, he, he, like, Oh yeah. Barry is fooling them. They're not autonomous. They don't think about the consequences of their actions. That's bullshit. He's he's using his past relationships with them, his comfortability with them to seduce both of them at different points in their lives. Okay, think of it this way, Nate. Rachel knows that Barry is engaged to Mindy. Yes. And she's still sleeping with him. I don't give yes, a shit. That's bad. 
right. I don't give a shit what mojo he must have because as Claire said as we were watching this episode, wait, as Claire said as we were watching this episode, mojo JP is what Claire said as we were watching this episode was, is there a more unfuckable man in the world than Barry? Yeah, that's true. That's very true. It's, Yes, fine. He's being manipulated, but also they are responsible for their own actions. And he's they're like a both foot shorter than her. <laughs> oh my god, he's he's awful. But yes, when it cuts to them snuggling post coitus in the I fucking orthodontist chair, JP. ew, 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 ew. JP. JP, yes, I wasn't trying to give Barry any credit. I'm you just saying said that, you you were saying they're not to blame because Barry's using his, his magical mind trick. No, 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 no. I'm just saying that like the mm, the point mm. of the episode. The point of the episode when we wrap up is that you know they both essentially did the exact same thing wrong. And they don't need to be mad at each other. The person they should be mad at is Barry, who is aware of the entire situation. And is truly like the worst person involved in the situation. I don't think there's anything misogynistic about saying that. Uh, no, no, no. I but to claim that it was like Barry who was manipulating the whole thing. That's that's where you're like. But I you're, think you're he ta- was. Now you're taking away the autonomy of the two female characters who are responsible for their own actions, have all the information, and are making the choices they're making. Can I just say, <laughs> I I'm going to say three things here. First thing, I'm pretty sure that the Softy brothers, uh, Barry was kind of the inspiration for Uncut Gems because uh, he has as much mojo as Adam Sandler does in Uncut Gems, Howie in Uncut Gems. He has as much mojo and as much going on as Howie. And uh, and yet, I mean, Howie living quite the life, I have to say, with his wife and his uh, mistress. So I I would say that, uh, you know. Barry is uh, of a similar ilk. He's he's just living large and uh, and really going for it. I guess he's, he's that, certainly doing well for himself with two women. Yeah, two women <laughs> falling over themselves for this piece of shit. Well, I mean, he's rich, truly. JP. So just to say, like, let's let's pretend that the Softy brothers didn't write and direct the movie Uncut Gems. Let's pretend that Howie is actually because Uncut Gems takes place in 2011. Right. I want to say so. Howie would have been like he's probably like forty five in Uncut Gems, so that means that Howie would have been in nineteen ninety. What year is this? Ninety six. Ninety five. This would be ninety five. Ninety five. So yeah, so he's sixteen years younger. So he would have been like uh, twenty eight. So he probably was watching Friends, and he's probably like, man, that guy, that guy Barry's living his life. I gotta get. <laughs> I gotta get there. I've been. I've been. <laughs> I've been busting my fucking hump trying to save up money to open my own jewelry store. I'm finally going to get it. One of these bets is going to come through. I'm going to open my own jewelry store and I'm going to be fucking too hot. Women. That's what dude. I'm going to okay, do. So I bet. I so bet. It, it, that's what how it is. Canon that uh, friends is in the safety universe. I think so. Yep. I think we can without a doubt draw that conclusion. <laughs> All right. That was, that was, that was point my one. first that was point. One. One. You have three points. Point one. Point two. Uh, I think that. Uh, so what I will say about this is I somewhat agree that Rachel is uh, being a shitty person in this episode. Mindy is also shitty. Completely. Um, and Barry's very shitty. But the episode is called The the One with the Evil Orthodontist. I wouldn't call him evil. I think he's just a really just a shithead. And the fact is, because I do think that both Mindy and Rachel have agency, to JP's point, uh, it's not like he is, you know, I don't know. 
I don't want to say I think what he's doing is is worse than what either of them are doing, but not by that much. I, I, agree, with by that. Like, I agree with that. By like five to ten percent worse. <laughs> so calling him evil also implies that Rachel is also evil. I think sure. that's the uh, takeaway. The spectrum I of think evil. That's the takeaway, and I think Rachel is canceled yeah. in this episode. Yeah. So well, as we all not know, great, not, as we all know, hell is other people. I mean, we're all evil. It's true, but yeah, the the percentages are really there. This is the episode that really, without a doubt, proves that Rachel is also on the spectrum of evil. <laughs> My third point is uh mindy so the twist in this episode the thing that you know because when you're writing something you always want to go with the unusual choice so rachel confronts mindy mindy's like we're getting engaged i want you to be my maid of honor rachel's like oh wow this is such an honor that's great and quickly but mindy's like oh he's sleeping with someone else even though we're getting engaged and rachel's like smell my wrist you know i smell like the perfume you smell i was fucking him it was me so then uh, they go to confront Barry together and uh, Rachel's like coming in hot and is like, you're an asshole and I hate you. But she doesn't say those words. It's a sitcom, but that's essentially the subtext. And Mindy is kind of just like instantly back. Oh, yeah. Like, no, Mindy, Mindy does not. She breaks the line immediately. She's like, we're together. Oh, well, if I'm yeah. the one you pick. So my third point here is that I think Mindy uh, proto uh, cuck. I think that she's a proto cuck where she. Uh, had no problem with her friend sleeping with her soon-to-be husband. Talk a lot and about that's fine. The show. No, this this so, is all we we've talked in previous episodes about how Ross is the proto incel, and now you've got mm-hmm. a proto cuck. Maybe this is why we are where we are in 2020 because of these fucking this normalization of these fucking behaviors. Chandler's mm-hmm, a proud mm-hmm. boy for sure. Yeah. He, Chandler seems very proud of himself. He is, he is, I, I and, know and you know what? He's an adult. He's a proud man, just like you, mm. Nate. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, so, yeah, those are my three points. I, I would say that uh, that Mindy uh, also the uh, my other note on Mindy is this is a show that takes place in New York, uh, in Manhattan specifically. And there in my by my estimation in the shows, the episodes I've watched of the show, unless I'm forgetting someone. There are truly only two characters who, or I guess three if you count Elliot Gould. There's like three characters who have any, even a little bit of a hint of a New York You're accent. You're absolutely in show. right. Sure. No one has a New York accent. So it's, it's Janice, Mindy, yes! who made a very strong choice yes! to have a New York accent. All like a of, very strong one. All of Rachel's friends have very strong New York accents. Well, it, We've but, seen a couple more of them. And, and no, okay, and shit, shit I, was, I was so with you because as right. soon as yeah. she spoke, yeah. I was like, wait. Why doesn't Rachel have that accent if nobody the talks like she a New grew Yorker. up with all talk that way? It just it yeah. didn't made no. It was so thick. It was so thick. like Joey. Joey's the closest one to having a New York sure. accent, and that's just because he speaks like a He's stereotypical Italian, Italian American. So and like the, as you know, being an Italian American or being a Jewish American is like seven tenths of being a New Yorker. Either of those things. It's very close. So it's, now, it's Nate, Nate, you're, you're a New Yorker, you know, right? I've been in New York once, JP, but you also know I am an Italian man, so. As Chid said, I am from New York. That there you almost, go. Almost like that was the joke. E. <laughs> yeah, Cy and I are both New Yorkers. That's the thing for for both Cy and I. We're both uh, we both love New York pizza. Oh my hey, god! Hey, you gotta get the cigarros. Hey, you go to fucking Central Park. You get yourself a nice macchiato. Yeah, you, can, you, can, hey, you get that drip coffee rat? on the burner. <laughs> And no, no food because they don't have a kitchen there. I knew Pizza Rat before he got famous. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> That's okay. good stuff. Okay, real quick. Real quick. Behind... I, we, we've been doing, and I know it's propaganda, and I don't care, and I actually don't think it's propaganda, but we've been rewatching Brooklyn Nine Nine, which is a funny mm-hmm. and well written show. And, uh, it is also propaganda at the same time. It is. It, I mean, inherently, any cop show that's trying to put them in like the hero light is propaganda. I agree. That being said, there was a funny joke in the last episode we watched where there was news reporters and they're like, and the city is in mourning tonight. Pizza rat dead at three years old. <laughs> and I was like, that is such a weird cultural touchstone. <laughs> I fucking lost on that one. I think mm-hmm. pizza rat's yeah, going to I think it's age really well. Mm. Friends? No, no. Right. I, you kind of cut out, JP. Oh, I'm sorry. I said friends age well. Oh, I thought you said forensic files. And I was going <laughs> to say we're not going back to that Jesus again. Jesus Christ! Okay, and our special guest stuff. here is Sai, who wants to talk about forensic files. Uh, why would you surprise me like this? <laughs> this is my time, Sai. Get off my show. No. Okay. Now, the next person who's canceled as we move through the plot is Ross. And here's why Ross is canceled, guys. He he yells at everybody? Okay, he fucking yells at everybody. (laughs) He's also so aggressively, like, actively trying to sabotage Rachel's life for his own, own, quote-unquote, happiness. I just, I feel like you shouldn't get back with your ex-husband. Because, like, yeah, for whatever, I don't think he's good for you. Not because... I want it's so yeah creepy. it's very creepy and, and, and also he literally has like a temper tantrum yeah, and, really and storms and out yeah that's I think this is a good encapsulate because there are of course the common thing on Twitter and on the internet like you know as the show re peaked in popularity seven years ago or whatever it was it's like people re like renewing their hatred of Ross or discovering that Ross is a whiny crybaby uh and of course people had to do the like, galaxy brain take of being like no ross is actually good blah, 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 blah. so that was like a discourse on the internet uh ross sucks shit and this episode is yeah like, it, this is his whole tone exactly and, and the thing that's funny about that is david schwimmer very good actor yes uh like excellent actor he's excellent in he's lots of other things making you hate him yes yeah. I, I would say that's true too yeah. like because I, I don't think that this is at all david schwimmer's mo sure. my guess is david schwimmer's a pretty cool like pretty chill dude in real life uh but yeah the way he plays ross here it really makes oh that's good to know uh tell him i said hi I'm on the, show, um, dude. the way he plays the way he plays ross really uh really makes you hate him and this episode is is uh is you know the i'd say one of the early clips of him being a complete un- insufferable piece of shit Absolutely. i don't want to i don't want to make you say mm, too much but Ross sucks for the same reason that artificial intelligence is racist because Ross is all of us. We are Ross. We suck. I think Ross is the, well, here's what's funny about Ross. Cause I, I see your point there, but what's funny about him is, so he's a character. His character is essentially id, right? Like he's an he's id all character. Our worst instinct. Yes, yeah. but he's so uncool, and that's what's <laughs> so funny about it is like you would think that an id character would be a very cool character, sure. like a character who's like, oh, I don't give a shit. I want to pull my balls out and scratch him in front of my friends because who cares? We're friends. Who gives a shit? I don't want to fuck him. Ugh. Like you'd think that like it'd be a cool guy who would do something like that because that's a cool thing to do. Obviously, obviously. everyone is no, cool. We do that. that. All three my of us balls were cool. out of my pants. You gotta pull your balls out and scratch him in front of your friends. Who cares? They really who were. Cares? Cheers, I swear just, to God, you, you just lift it up and you pull them out and you scratch them. No yeah, Nate, 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 real quick, Nate, can we have a check on your shorts? Are you wearing the? 
I'm wearing the shorts that don't have holes in them. Okay, good, good, it good, was, good. It was size episode, right? That's it was size right episode was. where my balls were hanging out of my pants. Wow. See? That's what I'm saying. That's what cool, cool guys do. It is just let those balls hang yeah. out and just scratch them in front of your yeah. friends. Who gives a shit? Nobody cares. But Ross, unlike a cool guy who would scratch his balls in front of his friends, Ross uses his id to like purely try to control other people yeah. and to like make other people miserable. Manipulation, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's the worst version of id. It it uh, I don't know, and that's why yeah, you're. I see your point, Nate, because I do think that there's some version of that in people. But uh, yeah, he really sucks. It's it's bad. It's bad news. It, it, and, uh, and, and yeah. I think that's the one of the one of the revelations I think Nate and I have both had is that like we there was a fondness for the Ross character. And I think the realization we both had is, no, we love David Schwimmer. David Schwimmer sure. brings his all to this every single episode. He he delivers 10 times on what's asked. And I think I love Ross, but I, I know I, I, I it's, it's a complicated love. It, it it's is. But like, then you see this kind of shit and it's like, no, what a fucking awful person. It's, so, it's Jane, the Mosby yeah. thing. It's the fucking like, God, Ted Mosby is the worst part of How I Met Your Mother. Everything JP, else in that show is great. My wife watches Friends all the time. Nonstop. Oh, I thought she didn't she like loves, it anymore. She just loves that. She doesn't. She doesn't want to do the podcast. She told me she doesn't <laughs> like it anymore. But she's got it on all the time, okay? And, and without a doubt, the parts that make me laugh the most when I'm like walking past her watching Friends are the Ross parts. Okay. Yeah. When I walk through and, you know, Rachel and Monica have, or Rachel and Phoebe have beat him up. So he goes to a martial arts class to ask the instructor how to beat up a couple of women. It, it makes me laugh so much. Oh my it God. Makes me Is laugh. that a so, thing? Yeah. That's a real thing. Oh no. He tells Monica and Phoebe that they won't be good at karate and then they beat him up or like hold him down or whatever. <laughs> And so he goes to their class and he's like all creepy in front of the guy. And he's like, uh, I tried attacking two women. It did not go as I expect. It's really good. It's really funny. Wow. Uh, yeah, he's his commitment to like the I mean, the pivot episode where they're trying to move oh, the couch. Yes. Like that's all his like physical comedy and faces oh, the and reaction. The spray tan episode, too. The, the, the spray tan yeah. is such a great fucking that's great. Bit. He's an incredible yeah, comedic he, actor. Yeah, he's great. I mean, I I think that uh, there's a lot of Chandler lines that make me laugh because Matthew Perry, I think, had very good comedic timing. And and I think that Joey, his reactions, though, it obviously it's it's clear because in this episode. So one of the things, another reason why Joey's canceled in this episode is uh, he like Rachel's like, she taught me how to kiss. And then Joey spends the rest of the episode creepily trying to, like, hit on his friends. Not just that. He he's like, oh, so you were in camp together. Did you guys have like little uniforms or something? He's creeping on preteens. It's bad. He's it's bad. creeping yeah, it's on preteens. Yeah. And it's not he, cool it, to think that lesbians are hot. That's not cool. Okay. Easy, Nate. Pull your heels. <laughs> <laughs> it's a I think that it's a real uh I don't it's there's just things about him where they didn't fine-tune his um the I think he became cooler. The thing that's funny is often dumb characters get dumber and that's what makes shows funnier. Like that's the Homer Simpson parable. Kinda like he got stupider as that show went on. Yeah. What is it kind of sort of Phoebe on this show? Yeah, that happens to sure. Phoebe definitely gets dumber. I don't think Joey necessarily gets dumber, but he does get cooler. Like he, he in this episode, he's like a little yeah. bit uh, more aggro than he should yeah. be and a little bit more like uh, 
where like he he's just he's a little bit more distant and a little cooler and uh more aloof and that makes him funnier uh and i think that's some of that's probably matt leblanc and some of it's the writers i'm sure i'll say with joey too he gets more uh i don't want to say pathetic but like you feel more bad for him as it goes on like when he's having trouble with his acting career and when you like see him start to realize how like kind of gross his personality actually is he he really does grow over the course of the the, the seasons but no we're in we're in the really bad era for joey where he's just basically a sex creep every single fucking episode i I, and yet again joey is canceled this episode we've we've referenced this a couple of times on our show there's a there's an article that cancels friends where they talk about how the writers used to create like Wagmire storylines for Joey, if you know what I yeah. mean. Yeah. Yeah, I, I read that article. Yeah. Uh there's there's a lot of bad history for this show mm-hmm. in general. Probably it just seems like a really creepy in world. general too. <laughs> it's true. I mean, this is a show that was super like I think that the thing that's interesting about this show is because this is a show that's so distinctly focused on the sex lives of six people. Uh, I can see that leading to a much more uh, hypersexualized and creepier writer's room and full work of, environment than probably like to like, yeah, absolutely. yeah, because there's a way that this this show's popularity also like this is the show that begot like uh, Veronica's Closet and uh, oh, yeah, and just shoot me like there were lots of sitcoms that were also mostly where most of the intrigue was about the sex lives of the sure. characters after this. Um, and there were a lot like lots of them were on NBC, obviously, because NBC kind of wouldn't touch that sex stuff. Work. Like they, yeah, they were the yeah. model for like, yeah, a hypersexualized group of friends. Yeah, because the reality is like, uh, ch- like Cheers, in my opinion, maybe the greatest sitcom of all time. Maybe that's a show. That's a strong show that contender, is, um, yeah, it's a show that where like there are a lot of plots that are about Sam's sex life, sure. but they're not. Um, I don't know how to describe it, but it's, it's not, not as like lurid as friends. Like he's a celebrity playboy in some sense. Yeah. And also, but like, it's not a, it, they kind of keep a lot of that off screen. Like he's, he's, there's a lot of like invisible women that he's on the phone sure. with or yes. whatever, or that come into the bar yes. for like one him scene. Being, him or, being a player is kind of like set dressing rather than it being a sure. part. Yeah. It, and it's also, he, it's also not uh like, it's not a, charming or cool like there's a way you could read it as cool in the show but it's not a characteristic of him that like makes uh you know the show is not like uh lifting that up as being no cool, i guess no, that's a really good because because like the whoever his female foil is at the time doesn't like the behavior and it's not like norman cliff or high-fiving him about it yeah 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 and i think that there's a yeah it's a like uh there's an interesting balance there and I do think that this is a show that kind of normalized this sort of like uh, everyone's fucking everyone kind of thing uh, on sitcoms. And um, most shows don't really revolve around that at all anymore. I think we're we're probably well past that now. And I think we we're even pre uh, Me Too. I think we're already probably a decade past that. Sure. Um, but it it's a show that we're like in some respects, like at its very essence, because it doesn't have a ton of jokes. It's kind of like this vaudevillian, like broad acting physical comedy show. Mixed it's a live with- performance. Yeah, it's like a yeah. live performance mixed with like soap opera type plots. Sure. Like that's kind of like the marriage of the show. And when you think of it that way, that's where the show is kind of unique. Because I don't think that had really been done on a sitcom before. I guess that's probably why it was so successful at the time. It, 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 I think it, 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 it was the culmination of, I mean, literally, we've talked about it on the show. Like, like, like you take, you start in vaudeville and then you get into like 
original radio shows and then sitcoms of like the 1950s and like it's all culminating in what friends did and it, it it's it's just as much the the cherry on top of like the history of what situational comedies are but then also it ushered in an entire new era of sitcoms that did a different riff on it. uh it, yeah and look i i'm not even arguing for necessarily the artistic merit of this show but I think the cultural importance of the show is just it, it's so obvious as you watch it because there are things that they're doing that are either the best version of that type of thing ever having been done in a show or they're doing something new and they throw a lot of fucking spaghetti at the wall. But some of those things end up sticking. And then you end up with, yeah. as you said, like you end up with like those NBC shows that are basically some, oh, what if it's friends, but they work at a magazine or. Yeah. You, and, right. and as Nate, Nate, as you've said, it, it's the, you know, you see mirrors of this, you see coupling and you see um, how I met your mother, like, like, it's almost exactly even character for character, like, like slotted in to try to mimic the friend success. Jay Perry, JP, do you and Claire watch uh, Happy Endings? I love that show. I love that show. And um, as I think everyone on that show is really good. But I think that the two best are Penny and oh god, why can't I not remember his name? Uh, the, the 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 gay friend. Uh, Nate, you got to help me out. I know you watched Max the show. is the Max, character yes. in the show. The two of them make that fucking show, and everybody else is also really good. Chit, have you seen Have you seen Happy Endings? No, I haven't. It's funny. You should watch it. There's only two seasons, but it was a it was a show called. Uh, do you remember New Girl too? On Fox, yes, I never. Both of those shows never saw it. Called modern day examples of Friends, and I actually think they're both pretty good. They're both very funny. New Girl is yeah. Good New Girl just, is a show I never really New saw. New Girl's good despite Zoe Deschanel, who I hate. Yeah, it's funny. Well, I actually mm. find her pretty funny on the show too, even though like I'm aware she's not somebody that I should be you know admiring, but I think she's actually pretty funny, which is you know saying a lot. Yeah. But it, it, but yes, so yes, I mean, we've seen that transition into like what modern sitcoms are, and I think you have to give some credit to this show because even 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 in the ways that it tried and didn't do it well, but then other people were like, I could do that joke, I could do that storyline and do it better. Yeah, I I could see that. It's uh, I do think that it's funny to think about how much the show owes to like nine hundred two one zero. Sure, because oh, absolutely, nine hundred two one zero was hugely man, popular like three years before You're this. Absolutely right. I don't. I'm not familiar with it, but I can understand exactly what you mean. Like nine hundred two one zero was a show where, like, I mean, that was a drama. It was essentially like a a soap, but a weekly soap right. instead of being a daily soap. And um, it was a primetime soap, essentially, for like teens and, and preteens and, you know, people a little bit after. And that was a hugely popular show. That's not a comedy show in any way, shape or form. But basically, they took the like, that's just a show where that's just the high school version of Friends, where it's all people who fuck each other yeah. and, you know, sleep around and all that sort of stuff. And it's a drama show. And they just kind of grabbed that formula and, and added, you know, vaudevillian live performance comedy and, and made uh, a great kind of thing out of it. Which, um, you know, it's it's a cool show. It, Friends is a it, well, I don't want to say it's a cool show, but there's good stuff in it. I think that there are there's lots of things to like. I remember when I was young, I'd never I thought Phoebe was annoying because she got so stupid oh. uh, as the show went on. But um, 
as an adult, I find her to be one of the more yeah, funny uh, characters. One hundred percent. And I, I will go ahead and I'll tip my hand and let you know that Phoebe uh, is the only friend that didn't get canceled this episode. Yeah, that's true. Well, she barely had any lines yeah. this episode. <laughs> and and that's the thing that's interesting about watching this show too. Like if you watch it on uh, if you watch it on HBO Max uh, or whatever, you can watch like four episodes in a row. But there, are, it's also very clear that like it's hard to get six characters into. And as the show went along, they'd get weirder plots where, sure. like, a sea story might be like just a rant. Like, it'd be like Monica and Phoebe and Ross have a problem they need to solve together, yeah. and it's like okay, weird pairing because we have to get three of them into the plot line. Um, and there's like it's it's some there's always some strange uh, stuff like that where there's weird combos that go on as the show continues well, and continues. And we've already seen in the first season there are storylines that like this the the C storyline doesn't even get a resolution. They just like have a couple yeah. of jokes and then it doesn't go anywhere, which is what happened in one of the ones well, they, we were just they talking had about. They, sex with George Clooney. And I was going to say it's the George Clooney no episode where they had there's just no there's no resolution. It's just it's just like are you talking about Noah Wiley who was as big a star as George Clooney was at the time the show was on? That's what I said. What's this? As big a star, yeah, Noah Wiley. Don't you forget his name, GP. I do want to talk about. The funniest joke in this episode. I hope. I hope that it's 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 the same one I thought. But go ahead, Nate. I would like to hear what it you very thought. well maybe. It also made me incredibly uncomfortable. But oh. I thought it was very very. Funny. Okay, it's probably not the one I liked then. And it's after the girl power moment where they go and they confront Barry, and then Mindy says that she's not going to confront him. She's going to probably marry him. And Rachel ends the scene by saying to her, "Uh, God, I hope." Barry doesn't murder you in Aruba. You. He says, JP, I'm sorry. He says, she says, kill you and eat you in Aruba. Yes. Okay. I did. I did make a note of this one because this is pre Natalie Holloway. Natalie Holloway. But like, it sure is. Just like in the, con- you can't make a joke about murder in Aruba without everyone in the, well, without everyone over 30. Well, this is immediately going that. to holy shit. They didn't know. That's yeah, a this really. Is, hang on. Work. Wait, wait, wait. Hang on. Guys, guys, guys. Wait, 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 wait. I just thought of something. Natalie Holloway was killed in Aruba in the year 2005. Uh-huh. Hold on. Come I'm looping in on this. I got to loop Sai. Yoron Vandersloot was 20 when Natalie Holloway was killed, allegedly. Yoron Vandersloot would have been, that means, 10 years old when this episode originally Jeez. aired. Do you think Bucking that he crud. was inspired by this 100%, episode? 100%. Canon. Absolutely fact. That is a fact, Jack. Holy just thought that's shit. that's what you do there. Holy shit. Wow. Wow. You know what, Cy? You canceled because Chid's got all the fucking cold case solving. Chid's got the theories locked right down. Um, now, now, Nate, what, now, I'm sorry. We jumped in because I think we wanted to get another Natalie Holloway thing, but you were really bothered by this line. I, I, I just thought it was very dark. Very dark for friends. Yeah, very, very dark. I think it's funny today. Like, I don't know if I think it's funny because I don't know if they get how dark it is or if I'm laughing at it ironically in some way, but I thought it was very funny. I was like, ah, like, that's that's pretty funny and weird that Rachel said that. Um, it, was, it was fucking it was just also weird. seems like something that Barry would do. So I don't I don't. Okay, no spoilers, because if Barry comes it? back as a fucking serial killer, I don't want to know. I want to enjoy it. I don't remember. Does he, yeah, does he come back and, like, uh, physically abuse Mindy? Is that, like, a later season plot? Oh, man, because... the fucking audience would pop for that so hard. They love sexual assault in this show. It's, God, 
it's a it's real uh that's a real dark line and to me that line seems like a placeholder line that the writers room just were like oh we got to top that and they just never fucking oh, got I mean, around that's to that it theory. i like that theory Chid, do you remember yeah. when paulo uh sexually harasses phoebe vaguely yes yeah uh, yeah yeah when we watched that we were very surprised to see that the audience finds that hilarious like, popped ah, <laughs> it was like so upsetting so upsetting yeah it's there's a lot of uh oh boy I, that's the thing about this show is it's not an impeccable show by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> like there are so many shows that are much cleaner uh, and not, I don't mean cleaner, like prudish. I mean, like there are so many shows where the humor is much, much cleaner or it's more cleanly written. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that have less uh, of a, like a stronghold in the American consciousness and memory. Um, it's just weird. It's, it's weird that this is the accepted and maybe telling also where our fucking culture is because uh, this is like, you know, there's a lot of disasters in the writing of this show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. There's a lot of things that should never have gotten out of first draft in this show and, and, and they're executed. And I, I, I as a counterpoint, I, I love the show, so I don't look at it objectively. Yeah, I but, love um, it so much, dude. I I'm like not talking about friends. About <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think of, uh, Arrested Development and how tightly written every episode of every season is in the first three seasons of that show. And how everything <laughs> you said every season, but then had the to throw in a qualifier season. there. I noticed, but, it, but, but like every joke, like relates back to something later in the episode, and every single line, like like everything is dripping, like every word someone says, and everything, every image in every single shot is a joke that is going to be referenced, and and then like you compare that to Friends, where it's just kind of like relatively sloppily written. Like given that this show is 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 so revered part of watching this is just like but it's not that good like there's there's some good jokes and there's lovable characters but it's not that good yeah it's you're right i i uh yeah it's it's a weird experience it's strange to watch the show because i think even contemporaneous with this show like news radio is around uh, at the same time as yeah, the show just shortly, much, much like maybe like two years after this but yeah and that yeah, show but is like so a much uh more well-written show fantastic show of, but also nobody knows it yeah that's a shame. Well, that's go. the well, launching pad for everybody's favorite uh podcast host slash political personality joe rogan, joe rogan. This, this episode yeah. of Friends was brought to you by the joe rogan podcast it's brought to you by <laughs> dmt brought to you by the proud boys um none of this is true none of this is true it's, we're, 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 it's brought to you by colloidal silver you gotta rub that shit all over your face and your skin it will help you with any rashes just colloidal silver get that colloidal silver you want it you want to be a silver boy you want to look like a silver, silver surfer fan. get that colloidal silver um i think i killed you really did you really did this episode of friends been brought to you by joe rogan's brain dust Oh God! I mean, I'm so sorry. We even. I, I hope. I hope his spirit doesn't like come into our bodies and take over the show. I'm really worried about this. Joe Rogan is a scary, scary man. Well, here's the thing about that: is Joe Rogan had the Joey like role in news radio. Essentially, yep. if you're mapping characters, he's the Joey of news radio. Like he's the sexual uh, kind of right. dude. And uh, how great is it that Matt LeBlanc isn't really a real life creep? Well. We don't know that for sure. Um, well, I'm we don't we don't know it for sure, but we don't to not know it to the recording. <laughs> yeah, I, I, look, Matt LeBlanc, come on the show and talk to us about how you're not a creep. Yeah, he doesn't seem to be a creep. He's still working. He seems to be like a good guy. I think if he was a real creep, we would have there'd be a sure. lot of scuttlebutt yeah. that would already be yeah. out there by now, especially in the last three years. 
Well, guys, I, I'm, I'm running out of notes here. I, I, the very final two notes I had were, one, is Mr. Peanut Gay is Baby Peanut Gay, which we've already call, talked about. And then my last mm-hmm, one was mm-hmm. Chandler is canceled because he was a fucking dick. He was a dick. His storyline ended with him being a fucking dick. And Danielle seemed nice. She seemed really nice. She seemed really nice. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I have one more note that I want to yeah. bring up, uh, which is uh, okay. This is a this is one that I I thought is worth mentioning. Uh, well, actually, two things. One is that uh, in the beginning of the show, when Chandler first wants to call uh, Danielle, is that yeah. her name? He uh, uses the phone at Central Park. And the phone is just fucking gigantic. It's truly the size of this cactus mug that I'm holding up. It's like, he's like, hello? Hello? Uh, it's, he uses a gigantic phone. It's, uh, or no, it's, it's the size of this glass. He's like, hello? It's big. It's busy. Oh. Um, What's he doing using so, the coffee house phone? That's what I was going to say. Giant that's, phone aside, why really did the coffee house have a phone for customers? That's They don't bizarre. even have a fucking kitchen, I, but they have a, a the, phone for all of the customers to use? Doesn't shut make the sense. Fuck up. Yeah. Shut the fuck up, JP. In the background of all of these episodes, customers are just going back and forth from the counter like they're they're like helping themselves to coffee and stuff it's very strange yeah. like yeah i think it's part of the bohemian attitude not the not a, not a, yes yes I, it's 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 not a good business model but we can all appreciate the bohemian manhattan <laughs> culture <laughs> definitely isn't that hey. what manhattan's uh, known for do you know how there's certain there's a couple seasons where in the I don't know if they're supposed to be coffee grinders or what they are, but there's like a couple giant cylinders behind Gunther. Right. That are like covered in gold. It, like where when I was a kid, I was like, oh, is that like chocolates or mints or something? There's these giant what you mean. cylinders it's like full the, of eyes. It's like the grocery store things that like. Yes, but they are gold. Yeah. I know what you mean, yeah. but they're gold. So okay, it's not I'm, coffee I'm beans. keeping an eye out on them. I want to know more about these. Keep an eye out. Things. This is later in the show. It's probably in season two Shit, or three. I think it might be. But a you will giant see that espresso machine. Espresso. Espresso. Machine. Espresso. Maybe it's a giant espresso machine, and I don't know what that gold stuff is though, because it's it literally looks like individually wrapped coffee beans, <laughs> which is uh, insanity. <laughs> um, but when I was a kid, that always baffled me, and I felt confused by that. Uh, speaking of Central Park, the last thing I wanted to point out is um, at the very end of the show, uh, Joey walks in on uh, Mindy and Rachel when they're hugging. And Joey, after sexually harassing everybody, he's wearing a gigantic duster <laughs> and he just walks in and he's like, hey, hey big day. And, and I'm just like, oh, Joey's just literally jacking it under that duster. No one would even know. He's, ja- he's wearing he's wearing a gigantic camel skin jacket like from Goodfellas. And you can tell the material is like two and a half inches thick and it's just mm-hmm. you can't even see the outline of his body it's a fantastic coat nate i i need yeah, to start yeah. buying you some of the like some 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 of the clothes from this show because you're always so like oh my god did you see that chunky turtleneck joey was wearing fucking look good they're all dressed like uh like drake and billy eilish like they're all wearing like big big ass clothes yeah it's, that's it's what awesome. we did in the 90s dude i know it's awesome <laughs> All right, Chid, as we always do, I would really like to ask you, who was your best friend of the episode? Hmm. My best friend of the episode, I'm going to say, well, I would be canceled if I say anyone other than Phoebe, because I think that she's the only one who acquits herself nicely in this episode. Uh, But I think my best friend of the episode is Chandler, because I think he has the best jokes of the episode, which is not uncommon uh, for Chandler. But I think the 
oh, go back to that's how a bill becomes a law <laughs> joke. The The reason why that's funny is it's funny because the implication is that they're all – none of them understand the how government works. <laughs> that's the implication is that none of them understand civics. Like even like what idiots. you learn in junior high. <laughs> yes. So that's the implication of that joke, and that's why it's funny. Okay, I like uh, that. I like that's a good take that's on that true, joke. That's a good I joke. Like that interpretation yep, of it better. Good take on that joke. Uh, but yeah, I like that joke. I like him at the. I like the end when he twists it around and it's like, well, she's a nice girl, but you know, it's a little bit. She's a little desperate. She walked all the way to. That's a uh, fucking rock solid I, Chandler impression, honestly. Fucking Chandler. Hey, thanks. I've had my whole life to perfect <laughs> that. Um, that's how I got to be this successful. Uh, yeah. So yeah, Chandler, he's my best friend. All right. Jesus. All right, Big Nate. Big Nate, my best friend. Who was your best friend of the episode? Um, my best friend of the um, I'm gonna give it to Joey out of pity because he oh, needs it because he's canceled four he's times in this episode. A lot. So and I think he needs a friend. This is honestly. the most I think he needs he's ever been. Someone to like steer him the right way and fix him. Honestly, so Joey is my friend of the episode, and I hope I hope he contacts me, and I hope that we can. uh we can work on his disgusting behaviors. God, he has so many issues going on. All right, so I was a little torn this week because... JP, who's who's your best friend of the episode? I never ask you. I'm sorry. Nathan, thank you for asking me. I really appreciate that. I love you so much. I love you, buddy. Um, my Aww. best friend of the episode. So I didn't mention this earlier. I had a note. I forgot about it. My favorite storyline of the entire episode was actually Phoebe and Ross doing the crossword. I yeah, think that, that they funny. were like there were solid jokes coming out of that nonsense e plot. Like it, it, it was, it was a nothing, but it, there were good jokes coming out of that. And so it was JP. There's more than one pl- spot in this episode where they're doing a crossword puzzle. Yes, it, it might okay. all be in the same scene, but there were multiple jokes involving okay. them. I only, doing the I only heard the aviator one. Nope. There was I, also I there was also uh, uh, ring was another one. Ring. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, and I thought the I, aviator I joke was, and it was, Phoebe was so fucking funny in that yet again. And she, I was leaning towards Phoebe, but guys, my best friend of the episode is Monica. And here's why. When she puts she, the towel on the chair. Yes, yes, that's exactly. Nate, I love you. I love you so much. Because when, 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 when Chandler sits on the back of the chair and puts his feet on the seat of the chair, she grabs a towel to put under his shoes. Because don't put your fucking shoes on the seat cushion. What are you also very animal? strange to sit on the chair like that? It was weird. All of it was weird. But Monica, she's right. That's how you take care of a household. And when you take care of a household, you take care of your family. You're a freak, JP. Wow. I know. Oh, no, wow. no. I've yeah. said repeatedly, yeah. I am. I am whatever version of anal, whatever version of overly detail oriented that that Monica is. I relate to it. And this was just one of those like, yeah, yeah, she's in the right. I totally get that. So if he said think- anal. <laughs> Though I think the version of anal you're thinking of is called painal. I think I've seen that on the internet before. I think that's what it's called when it's painful to be around you because you're so anal. Ah, uh, yeah, Claire is a fucking saint, honestly. <laughs> um, um, Chid, I- can I say one one thing about the crossword uh, that brings to mind? So there's a, when you're writing stuff as a writer. The thing that happens a lot is you have to have activities for people to be doing. So the crossword, I was like, oh, this is how the writers got these people to like yeah. do something. Because like, I think the thing you would lean on now, if you were to sit comments, be like, oh, the person, they're just all sitting there on their phone or whatever. But that's kind of boring to do on a show. So just giving them something to do that's tactile. But also 
them just doing a crossword is a thing that probably would happen in the 90s because it's like, oh, we've got nothing else to do. <laughs> we have some magic eyes or yes. some crosswords yes. or magic whatever eyes, other very low-tech things Or maybe we'll play with some slap bracelets. Claire immediately was just like, really? You're doing a crossword where ring is the answer? It's a dumbass crossword. Like, <laughs> okay, yeah. No, no. It was, it was not a well But I do remember, like... Line. But even in the early, uh, so in the like, th- this is what's so funny about the show is like uh, I was out of college in 2007, as I said before, and like my first few years out of college, my I would see my friend Sean and like we would just they had like free papers in our city and we would just like all do the crosswords every day on the on the train because none of us had smartphones yeah. yet. We were all fucking broke and smartphones were still new. So it's like you would just sit down and do a fucking crossword on the train, which is mad like no one would do that now those papers don't exist anymore in in that i do city. crosswords on my phone but, but yeah I've, i don't think i've done one on paper and like yeah it's 15, like it's madness yeah. it's true madness and i'd see sean like probably once a week and i'd be like how'd you do today and he'd be like oh i'm missing three things like everyone would talk about the crossword whenever it's nice. it is very, it's, very it's, silly it's, a th- it's such a fucking like bygone Thank era you. thing it's it's kind I've of been, like it's making me a little sad now thinking about it because like i had I've friends been, who were really they did the fucking crossword every single day. Like I'd walk, I'd go to their house to visit them in college and like the crossword would be folded and the pen would be on it, like on the table, like every single day people did the crossword. JP, there's a lot going on in this world. And I've been experimenting with a little theory of mine that I think uh, is related to what we're talking about right now. Mm -hmm. Let's get rid of the internet. Ooh. Hmm. Problem solved. I mean, you see know, you later, when you say it like that, yeah. Well, I think we could still put out podcasts. They would just have to be mailed to people on CDs. Oh, can we bring or it on public radio? Fucking radio? Cassettes, we could use radio. And Fuck radio. We're doing cassettes. Just, just cassettes. Imagine whatever. for a moment that every podcast that exists gets on their local public radio oh, affiliate. Yeah, just imagine dude. we all, all of us flood our local public radio I'm affiliate with, with our podcast as a weekly show. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm thinking these days, JP, is that there's, there's nothing good coming from this internet thing. And, and like, I like technology. I like having a computer and everything, but I don't think the internet is doing anybody any favors. Hey, look, Nate, I, I hear what you're saying. And I would say in response, it's a fad. It's going to go away. It'll go away. Yeah. No, it's just yeah, it, it, people are into cool. it right now. Just like people loved MySpace, it, the, the internet's going away. You guys remember when Bugman said that we see way more faces than a human being is conditioned to see all at once, yes. every day for the yeah, rest. He's of right our about lives? that. That's really stuck with me mm-hmm. for a very long. time. Yeah, he was right about that. I I know that. Um, so I I have a friend who is in a very successful mm-hmm. band mm-hmm. who probably has met. I'm going to guess who's been who's played shows on six continents Beatus. is it Beatus? Uh, it's Beatus, it, isn't it it is i mean it is brandon brown he's in a very <laughs> successful band also i don't know if they played six continents he's also my buddy obviously man we're friends i, I have his phone number it's my phone number we're texting show, each other <laughs> it's it's been a fun time uh thank you but um and uh tbd on uh, other future bands coming on but i have a friend from a band that's not weedis i won't reveal the band uh who i went to college with and he um is like played everywhere and knows thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people. Like truly he probably has met, I'm going to guess somewhere in the 10 to 20,000 people uh, range. Cause he would like meet everyone after shows and everything and shake hands and et cetera, et cetera. And um, this is a dude who like Cy, he's met Cy. Cy is a fan of this guy's band and he's met Cy easily 30 times and he does not know Cy's name. 
And I, uh, he's not great with names. Is he's like I'm, I'm close to this guy. He's not great with names anyway. But I would posit that anyone who's met that many people has no like. I kind of give them a pass because it's very difficult to keep track of names when you like are close acquaintances with five thousand yeah, people. Sure. Like most people know about two to three hundred people that they interact with on any sort of basis, or they even like maybe five hundred is the upper limit of that that you like would follow on Facebook or Twitter or whatever fucking social media thing. Um, but to like truly know and interact with 5,000 people, it's like, yeah, you're not going to remember people's fucking names. You're not going to be able to keep people separated and, and know who they are from who each other are and everything. Um, so to Bugman's point, I believe that's absolutely true. It's, it values it, human life to a certain extent. It's yeah, that's, that, yeah. that's a lot that's going to freak my bean as I, as we, as we, we roll out here and then I'm going to be stuck with this existential question in my head. So thank so you thank guys for you that. Thank you for being here, Chid. Yes, Chid. I thank you so much and, for joining and us. As Chid. always, Anything you the Friendsman's plug. position is total anarchy. Take mm-hmm. away the internet. I'm, uh, I'm, I am, I am one of the anarcho-Bidenists, so, um, you know. Martial law would going around be the best thing Spray right painting now. garages and burning shit down. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'd like to plug my show Rounding please, Down. Please, you can listen to that please, anywhere please. podcasts are available. It'd be strange if you were listening to this and you've never heard Rounding Down or heard of it, uh, but maybe you've never heard it. I don't it think my think mom's heard Rounding suck. Down shit. Oh, your mom listens to this? My mom doesn't know I have a podcast because there's a certain level of things. Yeah, that, I don't, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm about, a on that. I'm, I'm a on that. My 100%. Family. Yeah, yeah. Um, so my therapist was like, that's fine. You don't have to share everything with GP, your family. My, You're, you have your own family now. My brother listened and he said he didn't understand what we were talking about. That's fair. That's entirely fair. Yeah. All and right. Chid, so, so Chid, Chid, rounding down. So yeah, rounding um, down. It's available. It'd be strange if this is your first introduction to me. Uh, but yeah, the show is rounding down. It's a show where we talk about things that are good and bad. I would say it's the only outlet tough person, bad person podcast that dares ask what is good and what is bad. Um, and you can come and and listen about what things are good and what things are bad. We talk about music a lot. Sci Fieri's on it. He's great. I love Sai, my buddy. And uh, and yeah, we have good guests on every week. We recently had the band Weedus on. You can listen to that one. We also recently had our one year anniversary episode with my friend Kara. Really good episode. Um, you can it listen was, to that it, one. I as would well. say it's that was one. the third best episode. Second best is Weedus, and the first best is the Unsolved Mysteries episode. The Unsolved Mysteries episode is great with these <laughs> with these two guys. So you should go back and listen and to that. GP, I've been on two times now. How many times have you been on? I I'm waiting for another invite, man. Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. Well, well, listen, listen, JP, what are you doing around February? Because uh, we're we're all booked I heard, for the end of the year. I'm not joking. Like the next 19 <laughs> episodes booked. Yeah, I booked I booked 20 episodes in a row. Uh, and, uh, that's and now it's done. we have work. This is a professional with JP. A, hey, we got we it's got true. Our, well, we're trying to do it. Trying to be professional. We're trying. Did you hear him just now? Did you hear him say all that stuff like perfectly? Yeah. He's got like an intro and a description. You got to work on that, JP. Yeah, I mean, I'm working work on, on Nate, that. Nate, I'm working on it. Okay, every single week I'm working on it. I'm working on it. JP, I'm a radio professional. I just want you to know, I founded a college radio station. Uh, I've been doing radio for That's a long time. Shit. I'm also, I also use my voice for my job. I have a job where I have to talk for a living. So all of those things make me the professional that I am. But here's what I will say is. We have 19 episodes still or 17 episodes left to do or something in, in that schedule. And we're right now in discussion with another band from the 90s that uh, is a very good band that I believe uh, I hits. now have their manager's information that uh, may be appearing on the show soon, which is a real, real problem when you already have shows booked. Yeah, for no, you got um, to bump. So we're going to see what that. happens there. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, Put me at the know. bottom of the queue. I, I'm happy to be on again, but uh, I, you guys I are doing like such great on. stuff. 
right after JP, so that I also yeah, have, and we'll have Nate on one more episode. Nate will come on right, right after that. He's Nate's funnier, smarter, and better looking than me. So I think that that's a good call to have him on your show. I'm a better lawyer too, JP. Oh no, no, no. we established wow. that. Wow, we established wow. that. Chid, I once mm, again mm, thank mm. you for being on the show. Really appreciate it. Um, I hope you'll come back on again. I hope you had a good time. Uh, if you didn't, don't say anything right now. And I want to thank uh, everybody who's out there listening. And I want to thank Nate for being my best friend. Thank I want to thank you, our JP. producer, Chris you, White. I love you too, buddy. I want to thank our producer, Chris White, who uh, is, is, is making the, uh, the audio magic that you're hearing when you hear these cool sound effects, like this sound effect right now. He's going mm-hmm. to add something really cool there. All right. This has been Friendsman. Love you all. Nate, you're my best friend. You're my best friend. All right, peace out, homies. See ya. Oh, I don't give a shit. I'm going to pull my balls out and scratch them in front of my friends because who cares? We're friends. Who gives a shit? I don't want to fuck them. Ugh. Like, you'd think that, like, it'd be a cool guy who would do something like that because that's a cool thing to do, obviously. Everyone who's cool would do that. My balls were out of my pants on a previous episode of this show. They really were, shit. I swear to God.